This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon. This is Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture. I'm Julia Jacobs. It's the last day of July. It's the last Monday of July and therefore time for our monthly wrap up with the good folks from environmental journalism portal Makaranga. Joining me today as always, Wong Siu Lin and Lau Yao Hua. Today we are going to tackle three different topics, something on ecological fiscal transfers. We're also going to talk about ship source pollution and its impacts on our maritime environment. Before we take on the illegal trade of wildlife, recently a network was busted. We're going to find out more about that. Uh, but first and foremost, I do want to say happy fourth birthday, you guys. You guys are four-year-olds. Congratulations. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks yeah. very much. Well, you have been, you have been like, you know, a, a real integral part of our journey, right? So <laughs> I think you have been there for like at least three of the four years, I think. <laughs> yep, yeah. yep, yep. Tiny little Thank you. Just clinging on to you guys, okay? Just just <laughs> like this little leech there. But yes, no, so happy and you guys, you know, keep continue to grow. And we're going to talk a little bit more about, uh, you know, the work that you are continuing to do and some of your plans as you enter your fourth year but first let's uh let's do our roundup of course so uh eft's right ecological fiscal transfers um i think there was a uh, and you you brought this up as well to me there was a a talk held recently right uh, held uh, organized by undp um and then the panelists there presented more information on eft's and um just looking at some articles also um it's uh, we in, in malaysia actually our more funds are being allocated right for state governments uh to protect the environment uh, can you tell us more yeah, so this was, uh, uh, I, I think it's a public forum, so people can just sign up to it. Uh, that was uh, organized by UNDP and it was held on 10 July uh, in Putrajaya. So it's, it's, it comes in two parts, right? And um, it was, well, the, the, the whole forum was a discussion. Uh, first, a presentation on uh, the reports that UNDP commissioned on, you know, showing the economic values of all the ecosystem services that uh, the, the state parks and the national park provide. And then after that was like a forum on the ecological fiscal transfer. And so I did not attend the forum. I was away in uh, in India, <laughs> as we had uh, that, that, that show uh, a while ago. Yep. Um but but I, I watched the the video the recording online and I must say it was it's a really really good um, uh, forum. But you know this so but what was presented there and why I thought it was it was good to highlight this is because we, we we have always we have been hearing this ecological fiscal transfer you know this sum of money or this financial incentive given by the federal government to the state governments to encourage them and to emphasize to encourage them to you know uh, protect. Uh, uh, you know, protected areas or to expand protected areas to restore natural areas. And it's not just forests, so it includes rivers, lakes and, and coastal areas, right? So this EFT, we have been hearing it and more and more. And as you said, you know, the, the sum has increased from, I think, 60 million to start uh, a few years ago. And this year, it's uh, allocated at 150 million yeah. ringgit. This is for all the states, right? So... But the thing is, we actually know very little about how it's allocated. Um, and for a long time, I thought like I was, you know, like the public or the journalists were the only one in the dark about how it's allocated. I mean, um, uh, uh, one one parliamentarian uh, got the, the numbers for for for, for Earth, uh, at one point, and the numbers, you know, the allocation that were given to the states was very surprising in the first couple of years. Like police got like one of those years, police got a huge proportion and you, you you wouldn't have expected that right hmm. but anyway so so it's a lot you know that we do not know about it 
And so this will have been a very, very awesome uh, forum to attend if you'd like to know about, you know, you know, how the federal government and the state governments are working together to protect uh, our uh, natural areas. So they were the panelists comprised you know, environmental lawyer and senior officers from the, uh, the uh, Forest Research Institute of Malaysia and also the Natural Resource uh, and Environment and Climate Change Ministry. So I think some of the highlights there were that, uh, you know, the, the from the government side, so uh, NRECC, they presented you know, on like, you know, how it works and environmental lawyers who gave a legal framework and how these things work. And basically the state governments had to fulfill criteria and the better they perform in terms of, you know, like effective management of protected areas or expanding those areas, you know, that kind of thing, or uh, working with local communities. The better they perform according to those criteria, then the more money that they will get mm. from this pool of EFT. That sounds fine. Now, it is very interesting and that um, the panelists, the, the expert from FRIM uh, actually voiced out several times that we do not know what the criteria are. Um, and you know, it was quite awesome to see the exchange. And then, and then, even best, even better was like later the Q and A session. Um, that was not an easy forum to be in. I mean, the, for the panelists because the Q and A was, was, I think I was, I would say it's quite heated. And many of the questions were really good. Um, for our listeners who know, who probably know, uh, Shah Reza, mm -hmm. who leads the uh, Perak State Corp, uh, State Park, State uh, yeah. State Park, right? And 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 when he asked the question, he started with, "This was a very eye-opening session for us all." And if it's eye-opening for him, <laughs> I think it's eye-opening for all of us, right? Yeah. So so definitely, I think I think um, and and I kind of I think it would have been very useful for us who are going, you know, in uh to to. We have to decide very soon, right, on the state elections or for some of the states. Um, it would have been very good uh, for us, if you know, for those of us who want to pick an environmentally conscious uh, or environmentally, say, responsible kind of uh, uh, adun, uh, to know how the states have been performing on this EFT criteria. Mm -hmm. Now we don't know, right? If the government had made this, uh, you know, information available, that would have been great, right? Okay, but you know. Uh, I, I I kind of regret not being there, uh, but the whole but the video the the whole session is actually recorded was recorded and it's available on YouTube. So if any of your listeners want to check it out, they can just go to YouTube and search for EFT Policy Dialogue Malaysia okay. or under UNDP Malaysia, they'll be able to find it. it. It's a really good one. Yeah. Okay, I do know what that event was for actually because I think UNDP uh, unveiled their uh, the e economics and ecosystems of biodiversity yeah. reports, right? So uh, yeah. we are going to be actually speaking to the folks from UNDP about that uh, sometime in August as well. We've been trying to get them oh, to nice. quite busy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, nice. we will. I'm going to go listen to that and just ask them about that as well. Uh, and we'll see if they can yeah. answer some of those difficult questions as well. Okay, all right. So that's a that's a good one. Thank you for uh, highlighting that. Uh, and but now just moving on to our second story. Uh, this was something uh, that the transport minister was talking about. So Anthony Lok spoke at the 80th session of the Marine Environment. Protection Committee, uh, and that happened earlier in July. And he was talking about Malaysia's commitment to protect the maritime environment from ship source pollution. I don't think that's something that we often talk about, right? Our pollution from ships itself. Um, Sulin, yeah, can you tell us more about that? 
I completely agree. Like, you no, know, who, who thinks about ships and pollution? You know, kind of thing. Uh, certainly, aviation fuel has been in the in the news, and I think Malaysia has declared. I think in Lima, uh, in May, that you know we are going to try and be a hub for sustainable aviation flu, um, fuel. Uh, but uh, it looks like something that we are very serious about. And, you know, I think a lot of people is uh, are very happy that one of the highest performing ministers in, in the current cabinet, Anthony Loeb, is actually looking at this as well. I mean, wouldn't it be marvellous if he, he sort of like did spot checks on <laughs> car, cargo ships, <laughs> yeah, suddenly appears there and say, OK, what fuel are you using? What are you doing about your pollution? I think that would be absolutely marvellous. <laughs> but but um, anyway, so so yeah, so this is something actually the international, the international groups are looking at. And this comes under the International Maritime Organization. Uh, it's actually a UN agency and it's responsible to sort of, uh, they, they look at safety and security of international shipping. Uh, they also look at uh, pollution, which I actually didn't realize you know, until uh, this piece of news came out. Um, so, so in terms of this, they, they, uh, so basically they, everybody signs up to a convention, uh, which Malaysia has also signed up to. So in terms of the Marine Environment Protection Committee, so they call it IMOMEPC. So they've been meeting uh, quite regularly, actually, and they have been trying to look at addressing uh, you know, uh, greenhouse gas emissions from ships. Okay. Uh, I think everybody knows that the uh, Straits of Malacca is one of the busiest, if not the busiest, uh, shipping uh, passage in, in the world. And uh, a, a ton of petroleum products actually come through the Straits of Malacca. So, so imagine spillage, imagine dumping, illegal dumping, imagine all that sort of thing happening. So I think it's fantastic that Malaysia is actually looking at this. Uh, and I just, I, I did try to go to the to the uh, IMO page to look at what was discussed at this 80th meeting, uh, but it was like so complicated that I, uh, I think I shall just leave it and not report on it. Uh, the experts will definitely know what to look out for. But uh, instead, uh, New Straits Times actually has been very good in, in reporting on, on basically what Malaysia is doing and what the transport ministry is trying to do in terms of shipping. And uh, um, the idea really is that uh, Malaysia is supporting the international target to cut carbon intensity in international shipping by 40% in 2030 and by 70% by 2050. So, so that's great if we're looking at uh, this actually very, very important and very key sector. Um, and also, although shipping is considered the most uh, energy efficient mode of transport, it's actually responsible for about 3% of global emissions. Mm. So it's good if, if we can actually address something like that, right? Mm -hmm. um, and also shipping is actually increasing and therefore shipping emissions are actually increasing. Uh, and again, another estimate there, it's supposed to go up to about 130 percent by 2050 so it's actually really important that we try and do something about it so what what, what are the alternatives that they're looking at uh, they're, they're looking at uh, methanol or hydrogen to actually replace the current fuels mm. so you know anybody who's um, looking at investing in these kinds of uh, green energies uh, should be looking at uh, something like that if this is the direction that the country is looking at Okay, all right. I think they're also like, you know, when we read on like these solutions, right, and how, how to possibly cut down uh, like emissions from or, or to make ships more efficient, you know, they have like this kind of like uh, the, the, the sails, right? Now we are going back to sails that can like harness wind energy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. they have sails. They are not sails that we think of those like, you know, those canvas sails. These are like just round cylinders. They are designed that they can just catch the wind from very effectively, mm -hmm. efficiently from any direction. It's kind of cool. 
Yeah. Oh, I've not seen that. Okay, I need to go look that one yeah. up. Okay, okay. So yeah, I mean, yeah, some positive outcomes. There's a lot uh, riding on 2030 and 2050 all across uh, for the environment. Let's let's see what happens there. Um, but just uh, moving on to another huge problem, of course, uh, wildlife, the illegal trade of wildlife, right? So there was a huge network that was busted. Um, um, Malaysians, of course, involved, uh, and this of co- and three foreigners as well, nabbed by MACC's anti-money laundering division. Um, what, and of course, uh, involving the world's most trafficked animal, our little poor pangolins. Uh, can you tell us more about what happened? It's a massive one, right, that one? I think uh, wildlife defenders are really, really happy about this because they're using a, a slightly different approach. They're looking at uh, money laundering. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess this is something that people have known a lot, like, you know, like that it's actually a wildlife trade or illegal wildlife trade especially is is actually a, a criminal offence and it involves a lot of money. It involves money laundering. Uh, and so actually the heroes in our case are actually the uh, MACC, the Malaysian Anti-Corruption Commission. Uh, and, and basically what they did was to um, cap- capture, like, uh, I think the report was like four Malaysians and three foreigners that were nabbed, yeah? And it is by the anti-money laundering division, so that's AMLA, yeah? Uh, but what they did was they worked on intelligence from from uh, outside the country as well. So this, this is intelligence from enforcement agencies in the U.S., UK and Hong Kong. Basically, what they did was to alert MACC, and uh, MACC actually worked very quickly, apparently. Uh, so they have been lauded for that, right? Um, basically, they had a meeting and briefing on Wednesday. The seizure and arrests were made on Friday. And then during the weekend, they had interviews, they did more searches, they made more arrests. And within a week of being briefed, uh, there were actually, sorry, there were actually 11 arrests, including two customs officers. Mm. So, you know, we always look at, you know, government agencies as well, just to see whether they are involved as well. And unfortunately, um, you know, at least two customs officers were involved. So Traffic Malaysia actually came out with a statement uh, saying quite strongly that this is just the start of it, because I think it was really unclear whether pangolins were actually a, a, a real target market here in uh, in Malaysia, mm-hmm. and and basically this this might prove that that's the case. Basically, the use of fake addresses, the use of bogus recipients, uh, you know, the, sh- the types of shipping documents that are being used, uh, basically are, are different ways to mask. Uh, you know, the trade of, of, of these uh, animals as well as their scales, yeah. Um, so again, uh, coming back to that, if, if, if people don't think that there's actually a market or demand in, in Malaysia, um, then, you know, uh, why are Malaysian ports and airports being used as transit points, you know? Um, so anyway, the, it's huge volumes and uh, this is just the start, but well done, MACC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what was it? One point eight tons of pangolin scales, and I think at a value of what twenty three point four million ringgit, something like that, uh, just from this yeah. raid alone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, all right. Well, um, uh, yeah, so that's a great one. And um, speaking of good things, of course, you know, you guys, as I mentioned at the start, have turned four. uh, And uh, you are also having a sort of a like a a supporter program, right? Uh, It's not easy. I know, guys, we've always spoken about this. It's not easy to keep doing what you're doing. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit more about this program? Yeah, so yeah, so it's a membership program, uh, essentially. And it's, uh, you know, all our stories, have been free and and will remain free for everyone to read. Uh, but of course, making those stories is is far from free. Uh, takes lots of time and, and, and money and uh, brain cells. And <laughs> and so yeah, really, you know, just to, to 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 keep the whole thing going and to do better, to do more. We uh, we started this membership program. 
uh, it was last week. We we launched it last week, and it will be ongoing. Uh, hopefully, it never ends. And yeah, so anybody who's you know basically people sign up to be like a member, and they pairs. Uh, there are different tiers, and then uh, we put their money to good use to reporting on the environment and to train more journalist mm -hmm. and basically yeah that's it and um yeah and with that with that also we are switching over to a new you know sort of like a publication uh schedule and um so yeah i think i, I hopefully your listeners will be happy to hear that we should be appearing more uh speaking more on our earth matters i, I hope that's a good thing for your listeners it's a yeah. good thing for me but yeah definitely like, of course it is like everyone's it's going to be great and and there's different tiers as you mentioned and you also have got some uh, some new programs lined up uh, in the coming uh, i mean you know as you enter your fourth right you're basically doing more things like uh, there'll be physical events there'll be uh, webinars and things like that as well right yeah more things for us to kill I our brain cells like, with but uh yeah masochist that's the word for the both of you but yes okay so you know if folks would like to become a makaranga supporter you just need to uh, head to makaranga.org uh, just search for be a makaranga supporter all the information is there and of course you know read all those articles free for everybody uh, you know in-depth journalism uh, in-depth reporting happening there and uh, you know it's lovely that you've, you've also been training younger uh, journalists always <laughs> younger than us they are younger than you but yes up and coming that's the word I'm looking for up and coming uh, uh, reporters as well so you know there's so much work that you're doing so uh you know folks head to makaranga.org and uh, read all those articles there uh, but if you missed any part of today's episode as always you can find the podcast at bfm.my slash earth you can also find it on the bfm app my thanks again to my guests i was speaking to lao yaohua and wong Lin, co-founders of makaranga this has been earth matters on the bigger picture bfm 89.9 you have been listening to a podcast from bfm 89.9 the business station for more stories of the same kind, download the VFM app.